descended from the heights to the depths. He left his throne from heaven. He came to earth. He was born as a little baby. He lived for 33 years. At the end of his lifetime, sinful, wicked men nailed him to a cross. He died an unjust death. And then they put him in a grave. Three days later, God's elevating love brought him out of that grave. And why did he do all of it? Because he wanted to make his love wide enough for you, long enough for you, high enough for you, deep enough for you, and He wants you to go deep into that kind of love. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Well, Merry Christmas. This time of year can be busy, and it's easy to lose sight of what it's all about. It's also easy to stay on the surface in our relationship with others and even with God. Today on Resonate, we'll see that God's desire for us is that we go deeper with Him. Here's Pastor Trent. I want you to know that there has never been a meeting, there has never been a strategy, there's never been a goal set for Harvest Bible Chapel to get bigger. We have not spent a single second of time trying to figure that out because we know biblically that is God's responsibility. From the beginning, we have said we are not going to focus on a quantity of disciples. We are going to focus on a quality of discipleship. And so if it's God's responsibility to make us bigger, it is our responsibility to do what? It is to go deeper. That is what God wants us to do. Now think about it. The reason that you want to go deep is because the deeper you go, the greater joy you experience in His presence. The deeper you love, the deeper you trust God in the midst of all the chaos that's going on, the deeper the calm. You know, deep waters are calm on the surface, aren't they? And if you're in the deep end, you can experience a calm when everybody else is splashing around in their chaos, wondering how are we going to get out of this thing alive. But a deep Christian understands, I can trust, I can rest, I am supported, I'm not going to sink in the middle of this thing, I'm in deep waters, but God has me. And so you experience a greater calm, a greater trust and a greater intimacy with Christ. And as you experience a greater nearness and closeness and fullness of Christ, you know what you also experience? You experience a greater intimacy and a greater purity because he begins to clean up areas of your life where he has access to where once he did not. And so that's what we're interested in. And when you get a deeper love and a deeper trust and a deeper intimacy and a deeper purity, do you know what you have? You have a deeper impact in your community and for those around you. So let's see it here from Ephesians chapter 3, this theme of deeper. We're just kind of look at, these are some of the most rich passages in the Bible. And it begins in Ephesians chapter 3. I'll read verse 17, 18, and 19 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and... What's that next word? 
depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so we're going to go deeper this year, and I'm going to invite you into that process. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go deeper through faith. That means that we're going to move from entry-level belief to all-access trust, deeper through faith. That's what it says here in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Every inch of progress you make, you make through faith. It is what God calls us to. He reveals who He is through His Word. I wrap my mind and my being around that, and I trust that what God has to say is true. If you're going to move deeper, you're going to have to move deeper through faith. And notice here it says, so that Christ may dwell. Do you see that little word dwell there in verse 17? That is one of the most important words for someone who wants to move from the shallow end to the deep end. Now, let me explain what that word means as best I can. First of all, that word does not mean the initial point where Christ enters your life by faith. There is an initial sense, and I trust you've had that sense. If you have never trusted Christ initially for salvation, repenting of sin, and giving your life to Him as Lord and Savior, you can do that now. And when that happens, do you know what happens? Christ moves into your heart. He lives in you. The word dwell means to abide. It means to become a resident. And if you have not had the experience of Christ taking up residence in your heart, you have not even had the initial entry-level belief required for salvation. Good news, you've come to the right place. That can happen right here, right now. If by faith you say, you know what, I am empty and I want Christ in my life, to dwell in my life. That can happen right here, right now, by faith. Trust that what He did on that cross was for you, repent of sin, and He will take up residence in your heart. But listen, this verse of Scripture was written to people that had already had that experience. And so to dwell means more than just an entry-level belief. It's not that I come to your house and you let me in the entryway and say, don't take another step. To dwell means you give me an all-access pass to your home. It is the difference between you being a guest at a hotel and the owner of the home. Do you understand the difference? If you go to a hotel and you rent a room, they give you a key to only one room. It would be rude and probably illegal for you to try to get into another room in the hotel. You say, well, I'm a resident here. I, I belong here. No, you got access to one room. You're expected to leave the room relatively unchanged except for some surface cleaning. You're not allowed to redecorate. You really shouldn't move the furniture. And don't take anything that is 
supposed to, to be there for the next guest, right? That's the way many of us have invited Christ to dwell in our hearts. We want Him in, but we do not want Him to have access to any other place but the entryway. Now, if you own the home, not only do you get all access to every room in the home, you have the right to make whatever change you want to make. Do you know the best way to understand that little word, dwell? It means that Christ would make himself at home in your hearts. To have access behind every curtain, into every cabinet, that he would see the lustful thoughts, that you would give him access to the containers of bitterness that are hidden away in the corner closets, and that you would allow him as the owner of you to make whatever change he deems necessary. And you know what happens to a Christian that wants to go deeper? Pretty soon, those dark colors of despair and hopelessness are changed to bright colors of joy and trust. He begins to rip out the carpets that are stained with immorality and idolatry and begins to remodel areas of your home. He begins to rip out cabinets that are full of containers of sin and replaces that with purity. That's what it means to move from entry-level belief to all-access trust. Do you treat Christ like He is the homeowner, or do you treat Him like He's a hotel guest? Have you given Him access to the entryway, but yet you don't allow Him to go into the deepest recesses of your heart? That's what this passage is talking about. So that Christ may dwell, make himself at home, settle down in to your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth to know the love of Christ. And so let's look here at the second part of verse 17. Here's the second thing we're going to learn that God wants to take us deeper in love. Do you see it there in verse 17? That you being rooted and grounded, next two words, in love. This is not God's love for me. He talks about that later. We're going to get to that. But this is my love for God and my love for others and my love for the lost. And so he's talking about being rooted and grounded in a love relationship to Christ. That means we are going to go deeper when we move from shallow admiration to passionate adoration of Christ. And so we're to be rooted and grounded. Let's talk about those two words. It's interesting. He gives us an agricultural illustration, rooted, and he gives us an architectural illustration, grounded. Let's first of all talk about rooted. 
What does that mean? Well, it's obviously talking about the root system. What do roots do? To be rooted means that you have a stability when there is a storm blowing against that which is above the surface. Have you ever had the storms of life rock your world, an unexpected tragedy, a, a health crisis, a relational conflict? Those are storms that all of us experience. Now, why is it that some people wilt and some people get blown over and devastated by those types of tragedies. And the person that experiences the same types of tragedy, sure, they experience the pain of that, but somehow they bounce back and they remain strong even in the midst of the storm. You know what the difference is? It's the root system. How deep do your roots go? Because I've got an announcement to you to make. I don't know exactly what's going to happen this year, but you're going to have a storm blow against you. And if you are just a person who gives shallow admiration to Christ, I'm really glad he lived, he died, he rose again, great for him, and then you go on the rest of your life as if that doesn't really make a difference, you're too shallow to endure the storm. You are to be rooted, and roots provide stability in the storm. Deep Christians don't get blown over when the storms of life come. And roots, interestingly, are invisible. Deep Christians don't care if they ever get noticed. Another thing about roots is roots are dirty. Root, roots get dirty. Deep Christians aren't afraid to get dirty. I'm, I'm seeing the root system of this church. Do you know why this church is strong? It's not because of what happens up here in the visible light. It's because of some invisible people that know how to pray, who know how to be generous, who know how to bear some weight of responsibility, that know how to do some dirty jobs that don't get a lot of recognition and don't get a lot of thankfulness. That's why this church is strong, because some people have decided, I am going from shallow admiration to deep, passionate adoration. It's a labor of love. They are rooted. And the greatest thing about roots is roots transport the nutrients for fruit. And so if you want to bear much fruit, you've got to have deep roots. He tells us to be rooted and grounded in love. Here's the second word, grounded. It's an architectural illustration, and it's the idea of a building that is built upon a deep foundation. It's interesting. It reminds us of the story, the parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 49. He said, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show him what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose and the stream broke against that house, it could not shake it because it had been well built. You see, the taller the structure, the deeper the foundation. So we are to be rooted, we're to be grounded in love. What are we saying? It's going to take more than just a sentimental appreciation for Jesus to get you through the storm. Deep love for God nourishes life and produces fruit 
in the midst of spiritual drought all around you. If you've got a deep root system, you can survive a spiritual drought. And our country is in the midst of a spiritual drought. Deep love for God grounds you when the winds of opposition are blowing against you. Mark it. The winds of opposition are blowing stronger and stronger for those of us that identify with Christ. And deep love for God stabilizes you in the midst of an earthquake of pain and sorrow and tragedy. Deep Christians adore Christ. They're rooted and they're anchored and tethered to this admiration they have for Jesus Christ. And then one more thing is this. God's going to call us this year to deeper comprehension. Deeper to comprehend. Look at it here in verse 18. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, in order to go deeper, you have to understand you have no capacity to do this. Do you see the word strength there in verse 18? He's acknowledging that apart from Christ, we have no strength. When he uses the word strength there, he's not talking about going from a little strength to a little more strength. He's talking about going from no strength to much strength. And so that is a picture of his grace. God must provide the strength. God must provide the ability for you to even comprehend what I'm even talking about right now. Let me offer a caution here before I try to describe it, okay? Do not expect to comprehend everything there is to know about an incomprehensible God, okay? You have a finite mind, and it's like a speck of dust on the canvas of all that God is. You will never be able to fully comprehend an infinite God. He is incomprehensible, okay? But this prayer tells us that we can go deeper in the knowledge that God has revealed. God has not revealed everything there is to know about God. But what He has revealed is what we want to go after. So how can we even measure with finite minds an infinite love for God? And notice here, it does say that what we're to, to comprehend in verse 19 is to know the love of Christ. Now that has to do with Christ's love for me. And he puts it in four different ways for us to just try to discover the deeper aspects of the knowledge and the love of Christ. Here's the first thing that he mentions. He, he mentions these four dimensions. It's, it's this incredible picture here. He talks about the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. The breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. So God's love is wide, it's long, it's high, and it is deep. What's he trying to bring me into? Well, he's trying to bring me from surface affirmation of some facts to boundless saturation with the 
measureless love that Christ has for those in whom he dwells. Would you like to know just a, a little broader dimension, a little deeper dimension, a little higher dimension of the love of Christ? Let's see if we can just try to wrap our minds around that for a few minutes. First of all, let's talk about this word, the breadth. Would you be able to pray this prayer and believe that God is going to take you deeper and just tell him, God, I want to know your accepting love. How much does God accept you? If you ask a three-year-old, how much does God love you? What is she likely to do? This much. And that may be the best way to describe it. It's just wide. There's breadth to it. You know the other thing that you're saying when you say this? It's wide enough for me. With all my baggage, with all my sin, God accepts me. It is a wide love. That ought to be a motivation for those of us that are trying to make disciples and get the gospel out. Because if God accepted me with all of my sin, I can accept others. And so I can show the love of Christ when I make God's love wide. Now, it's important to understand, some of you are already thinking, but Jesus said, the way is narrow. That's true. But we shouldn't make it any more narrow than Jesus made it. It ought to be at least that wide. And so I want to know God's accepting love. What's the next word? Length. And so we've talked about the breadth. It's wide. But let's talk about how long God's love is. That has to do with God's lasting love. God, I want to know your lasting love. That means it never has an expiration date. God's love lasts. It began in eternity past for me, and it will continue into eternity future for all those in Christ. There are no interruptions. God never pushes the pause button and says, I'm not going to love you today. Just, just, I ran out. And so each one of us, please understand, there's nothing you could ever do to get God to stop loving you. He never gives up on you. He never lets go of you. No matter what trial or difficulty you may be facing, you never have to ask the question, God, do you still love me? Because if you loved me, you wouldn't be letting this happen. Oh, yeah, he would. He, he loves you to the end. He never gives up. He never lets go. So God's love is wide. God's love is long. What's the next word? It's high. What does it mean for God's love to be high? Well, that means that you can know God's elevating love. It takes you from wherever you are and allows you to soar. It's really hard to talk about this in the midst of deeper, but it's, it's a vertical relationship. And God wants to take you from where you are to greater elevation. God's love lifts you to the highest, most privileged place. The scripture tells us that we have been raised to life. The scripture tells us that we have been seated in heavenly places. And so God's love 
is not only wide, it's not only long, it is high. It's an elevating love. Get your eyes off your circumstances. He wants to elevate your lives. And if we really believe that God's love is higher than any other love, why would we spend so much time seeking lesser loves? God's love is the highest love. And no matter how poorly your spouse may love you or how to poorly your parents may have loved you, God, comprehend at a deeper level the heights of God's love. And then here's the last thing, the depth of Christ's love for us. I want to know God's penetrating love. You know what? You want to know how, how deep Christ's love is for you? He descended from the heights to the depths. He left his throne from heaven. He came to earth. He was born as a little baby. He lived for 33 years in a, in a sewer pit that is this world. At the end of his lifetime, he didn't get an upgrade. As a matter of fact, sinful, wicked men nailed him to a cross. He died an unjust death. And then, and then they put him in a grave, the lowest parts of the earth. Three days later, God's elevating love brought him out of that grave. A higher love than man's hatred of him. And why did he do all of it? Because he wanted to make his love wide enough for you, long enough for you, high enough for you, deep enough for you, and he wants you to go deep into that kind of love. Not only that, but he wants to make his way to the deepest parts of you. God's love goes to the depths of my pain, the depths of my motivations. He goes to the depths of my doubt, and he wants to go to the depths of my sin. God's love is not a pampering love. God's love is a penetrating love. God's love is a perfecting love. He wants to make some renovations in me. You're a fixer-upper. And he wants all access to make the necessary changes. Do you want to go deeper with him? Will you allow him all access to go deeper into you? When a carpenter looks at the plans for building a shelf or a room or whatever he may be building, the first thing he considers are the dimensions. Today, Trent Griffith has helped us to see just a little bit of the width, the length, the height, and the depth of Jesus's love for us. Does that give you a desire to go deeper? I hope so. And celebrating his love for us is part of what we do at this time of year. As you gather with family this Christmas, maybe you want to join me in this prayer. Lord, this Christmas, in this coming year ahead, I want to go deeper with you. I want to have strong roots. I want to be grounded solidly in your love. Thank you for all you've done for me. Thank you for being so much more than just a baby in a manger. 
Help me to make 2018 a year of greater depth in my relationship with you. Amen. Well, thank you for listening today and may your Christmas be full of joy as you remember the love of God in sending his son to become one of us, to live and to die for us, to be raised from the dead, to ascend to the Father where he is preparing a place for us, and to return soon to bring all of history to its consummation. Well, I'm Aaron Paulus. May God's word resonate in your heart and mind this Christmas season. And may you have a deeper Christmas this year. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.